Hi everybody, Rob from the Hooked On podcast, How To Be Great here. Look, we enjoy doing what we do, for the love of it, it's wrestling, enjoy it, remember? But if you do feel like dropping us a few quid to help us out, be our guest. We don't expect it, but we will appreciate it. Thanks ever so much for your support. Don't forget, it's wrestling, enjoy it. It's getting closer. We are one more week along that road to WrestleMania. We've just about got to that bit in the journey where you're sort of leaving the county that you're in and your radio station that you normally listen to is just sort of going a little bit crackly, though it means we're on our way. Um, We're very happy to be with you once again here on the Hooked On Podcast. I'm Rob McNichol and I'm joined by my regular co-host, Mr. Paul Benson. Paul, how are you doing? Hello, Rob, at an ambiguous time of the day. I'm very well. How are you? Ah, You've remembered. Well done. I like this. I feel like I'm educating you in this week by week. Um, uh, your experience on uh, on podcasting is coming along. I'm a little bit more experienced in the uh, in the podcasting world and in the world of wrestling generally. But we have with us this week one of the most experienced men in British wrestling on every single level. He is what I call a wrestling polymath. There is nothing that he hasn't done in wrestling at some stage. Ladies and gentlemen, we're very happy to have on the Hooked On podcast, Mr. Steve Linsky. Steve, how are you doing? Oh, it's great to be here, Rob and Paul. Thank you for having me on the show. Very happy to be here. I'm going to get to ask you this. You're only the second person I've ever asked this. And the first one was Chris Jericho. All right. So think about that. Um, I once asked Jericho uh, on stage when we were doing the PSI event shows, what do you describe yourself as? Because Jericho is a, he's a singer, he's a wrestler, he's a TV presenter, he's a podcast host, he's a radio host, he's all sorts of things. And he said he's a wrestler that does other things. Steve? What do you do? I'm a git. No, <laughs> no not, the, what, what, not what do we call you. What oh, do you call yourself? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm kind of a jack of all trades, I, I, would, I would say. Yeah, I'm, I'm a referee that does other things. <laughs> you still, you're still going with refs? I think you do yourself a disservice by saying ref first. In all seriousness, um, you seem to have uh, so many uh, strings to your bow. In fact, you have more bows than most people have. So... Um, the, uh, the last time I saw you, I think, might have been uh, as long ago as the, um, the London Wrestling Convention, uh, about 18 months ago or so, when you were sort of representing a couple of people. So you, you kind of do that as well, but also a bit of promoting, a bit of refing, a bit of all sorts. Yeah, a bit of all sorts. Jack, jack of all trades, you know, master of none. Uh, <laughs> now, uh, yeah, it's, I think in today's market, it's always good to have a, you know, if one thing stops and I can dive into something else. Do you know what I mean? Or have my hand in something else. So it's, uh, yeah, a bit of everything. A bit of, bit of, a, bit of a geezer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think it's a good way to be. Um, we like to do little, little connections here on the Hooked On podcast. Everyone that we've had on so far, um, either Paul or I have known in, uh, in some way. And then we, we've both known you for a, a few years. Um, I thought I might start with uh, the first time you and I met. I don't know if you remember, but it was actually, it was actually down in Exmouth. It's a story I've told on the, uh, on the podcast here before that there was a, a show that was running for VPW uh, down in Exmouth. And the ring didn't turn up. Do you remember that? And it had to be rescheduled for later in the week. You were ring announcing for that yes, show. There, yes. there's, there's another string to the bow. Linsky, the ring announcer on that occasion. But that was a strange sort of week. 
Yeah, I remember that one very well. We got down there. Uh, D'Lo Brown was on the show. Was, yeah. Was meant to be on the show. Um, and then T-Bone, mm-hmm. who was driving the ring from uh, from where he was based, there was a fire on one of the motorways and basically he just couldn't get through. So, yeah, I had the unenviable task of going out to quite a lot of people that were waiting for that show and saying, uh, there's no ring. Um, so, yeah, we had to reschedule, which we did. I think for, I think it was a Monday that it got called off, and I think it ended up being on the Friday, as I recall. I think it, yeah, was, uh, it was later in the week. Long one. It wasn't a long one. It was literally the end of the week. So, yeah. So, yeah, I remember that well. There was a fire on one of the motorways, and T-Bone was basically uh, blocked from getting down with the ring. So. Well, these, these things happen, don't they? We have to uh, make do and mend in, uh, in wrestling all the time. And, um, Paul, what about uh, what about you? Do you remember uh, your first meeting with Mr. Linsky? I think Steve is one of these guys that I, we just kind of fell into friendship. So I would suspect it's going to have been one of the TNA tours that Steve was working on that we first met. Would that be right, Steve? Yes, definitely. Yes, it was. It was the uh, the second year. Yeah, that sounds about probably at Wembley or maybe Manchester, one of the two. We've been firm friends ever since. Wembley, yeah, I remember it well. I do, actually. So, yeah, no, that was good. Yeah, it was. It was the second one. And if I'm not mistaken, it was one where Doug was on with Ric Flair. I was about to say the same thing. I remember that. Yeah, Wembley Arena, wasn't it? Yeah. AKA the best TNA tour of the lot. Yeah, where where they actually broke 10,000 people. Not broken, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> broke the barrier. Break ten thousand people on a weekly basis. Yeah, Mentally. yeah. <laughs> it's not the first time that uh, the, the the words Ric Flair and broke have been used in the same sentence either. But uh, bless the nature, I'm sure he'll be. He's always back on his feet, isn't he? Um, we'll get in a little bit more about uh, your career and how you got started in a minute, Steve, if we may. But uh, um, one of the reasons uh, you're with us today is um, you're part of the Hooked On family. You've uh, you've helped us out with some uh, some hosting at different venues. Uh, various times uh you uh, weren't with us for a, a rumble party but i think um, we might be back on the uh, the wrestlemania bandwagon is that right uh yes um well yeah i'll actually be at wrestlemania <laughs> oh you're at wrestlemania <laughs> oh. so, um yes yeah no i think i think i remember reading somewhere that um another another member of the team was rejoining to host a party was it ben and Paul had said, oh, Ben's one of the few guys, oh, the only guy that had done three separate um, venues for a hooked on party. And then I reminded Paul that I've done yeah. Liverpool, Manchester, Leeds, London, Cardiff. <laughs> <laughs> Jack of all trades and indeed of all venues. Uh, you're going to Maine. I actually didn't know you were going to Maine. That's fantastic news. Um, uh, are you excited? Oh, yeah, I am, because it'll be my first time, believe it or not, in the all the years that I've been involved with wrestling, that I've ever stepped foot in on American soil. Oh, cool. All right. I didn't realise that. Um, what I like about, um, you know, something like a WrestleMania, a big event, and especially since... Um, well, we, we, we can be prone to sort of sitting around on the internet and reading all sorts of negative stuff and wanting to bemoan wrestling all the time. But as we've said, you've done so much stuff, certainly within, the, within British wrestling and met so many big stars that we almost know one that's kind of alien to you. 
Um, but you're still excited about going to WrestleMania. I think that's really cool because I certainly would be. I know Paul went last year. Uh, I've years since I went. I went to WrestleMania 25. But I'd still die. I'd be love to go again this year and just to feel the buzz of. It's not just WrestleMania. It's all the things that are going on around it, which I suspect you'll be uh, you'll be taking plenty in. Uh, yeah, I'm actually. The reason I'm going out there is to uh, referee for uh, WCPW, mm-hmm. who is one of well three promotions from the UK that are going to be out there. WrestleMania weekend, I uh, believe Rev Pro and Progress mm-hmm. are also going to be out there, but uh, and also WCPW. I've also been asked if it if it does come off um, from a close personal friend of mine. You know, I hate dropping names. You know, it's... <laughs> <laughs> no, you are in a safe place. There is there is there is, <laughs> the floor of the Hooked On Podcast uh, Studio is full of the names that mainly me. Let's face it, that have dropped over the uh, the seven episodes so far. So fire away, my man. That's uh, part uh, of what you're here for. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Ray Mysterio is doing a uh, a show for a famous rapper. And, and the name escapes me, so I apologise. But um, a rapper's putting on like a uh, a mania party over that weekend as well. So Ray, I think Ray's going to get me refereeing on that show as well. So, so yeah, pretty, fantastic, pretty excited. And of course, you know, I want to go to like a you know like the WrestleCon or the Access or something like that. Obviously, and dropping another name, Kurt Angle is going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame, and if. People don't already know that uh, me and Kurt have quite a good relationship, so I think I'll possibly be going to the Hall of Fame as well. So tremendous! Uh, you yeah, mentioned Rob. Just, oh, just, just, just to jump in, you and I have batted back and forth about all these wrestlers we've met and we've got sort of very temporary friendships with over the last few few weeks. Compared to Stalinsky, we're complete strangers. To the, well, we are strangers. To these guys, <laughs> Steve actually does have relationships and friendships with these guys this is unique <laughs> he really does know them unlike us we just pretend <laughs> you went to india with kurt oh. <laughs> that's a good and point he, and he wouldn't remember me tomorrow uh, to be so fair he probably wouldn't have remembered you the day after the way kurt was at the time. <laughs> so he's in good shape now when when we're having when we're having dinner on saturday night i'll, I'll ask <laughs> You do that, you do that, Steve. You do that. <laughs> uh, on a serious note, the fact that um, there are—I mean, WrestleMania is, is often talked about—the the rise of WrestleMania and what it's become, and you know, doing the, the big venue last year, putting six figures in there. You know, we'll, we'll believe their figures for, for at, this, at this moment in time. I've no reason to disbelieve them. Um, but WrestleMania is about so much more than that one show on the Sunday night. Not just from a WWE perspective with NXT and with the uh, the WrestleMania access and with uh, the Hall of Fame, but so many small promotions are popping up around. Around the WrestleMania weekend, when I went in at 25 in, in Houston, there was a few going on. Booker T had a convention. There was some Ring of Honor shows. I think there might have been some Dragon Gate stuff. But generally speaking, there was a couple of other shows. Now it's like a festival. It's become the WrestleMania festival. And for there to be three British um, uh, territories, um, you know, organisations that have been uh, represented over there, that's absolutely tremendous, isn't it, for the uh, for the British wrestling scene, Steve? Uh, yeah, no, definitely, absolutely. And and I think what it is is like. All promoters, um, I mean, especially America, they know that whatever city WrestleMania is, people from all over the world mm-hmm. are, are wrestling fans and are, tra- you know, dropping onto that city. And we all know what wrestling fans are like. You know I mean, it's like, okay, it'd be good we're going to WrestleMania, but we're going to be there for three or four days. And all promoters are thinking, these people have got money to spend. Do you know what I mean? Let's let's get them in the doors. Let's put on wrestling shows and 
you know, and wrestlers are like absolutely getting over themselves because they go, they'll start in the morning at one place, then they'll shoot across town and do another show, and then you know in the evening and then they'll shoot across. So you know, there are guys that have got you know three, four, five bookings over a weekend over a WrestleMania weekend. So it's um, yeah, if you've got one town and it's absolutely swamped with wrestling fans, what wrestling fans want to do? They're not just going to want to go. You know, and they're not like football, and I'm 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 not I'm not categorising all football fans as drinking louts and who want to cause riots, etc., etc. But a wrestling fan will want to go have a drink, something to eat, do you know what I mean, and go watch wrestling. Have a, you know, have a few pints, go watch wrestling, and enjoy a wrestling show. So why not give it to them over a weekend and promote just like, well, we want a slice of this pie. Do you know what I mean? As much, and it, and it must teed off the <laughs> WWE because, like, you know, it's their WrestleMania, but but fans are spending dollars elsewhere on the same weekend as well. So they are, but I think um, I think WWE do okay in in terms of their their sales. They'll they'll sell out NXT and they'll sell out the Hall of Fame and whatever they need to do. I actually think it's to the point now where you could. As a wrestling fan, you know, the broad term of the, the entire spectrum of pro wrestling, you could have a holiday now for four or five days to go over there on, say, the Wednesday or Thursday, come back Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, um, and you don't need to go and watch any WWE stuff. Now, I would advocate it because, I mean, the, the WrestleMania that I went to, I was working. Uh, WWE, um, you know, paid for some of the stuff that I was doing, so I'm very grateful to them for that. And so, therefore, I went to everything. I went to Access and to the Hall of Fame and to Mania and to the Monday Night Raw. And I'm very, very pleased I did. I had a great time. But you could now go and not take in any WWE stuff. You could still have a ball over three or four days, maybe watch WrestleMania in a bar, but take in all of the other things that are going on. The nearest I can compare it to is it's become a bit like an Edinburgh, you know, in terms of the comedy world, the Edinburgh Festival, where people sort of gather, as you say, from all over the world, particularly, I think, from the UK. Um, Paul, you were there last year, if I've got my timings right. Do, yep. do you, does that concur with what I'm saying? Because I, I haven't been for what's coming up eight years now. Does that does that work? What I was just saying, could could you agree with that? Oh, without a shadow of a doubt. You know, maybe maybe it's a bit too far to say you can go to any WWE stuff, but I certainly met two guys who was over there who were over there from the UK and weren't going to WrestleMania. Um, they were basically doing everything but so you could you could spend five or six days, Hall of Fame, NXT, Raw After Mania, SmackDown, um, the WrestleCon, Access, all of the independent shows. Um, and you know, there is a certain fan you know, we we're not among them, but there are certain fans who probably counts themselves as counterculture, and deliberately will will like anything that isn't WWE, each to their own. And they like as exactly what you said. You could easily fill your days without putting a penny in Vinnie Mac's pocket, no problem. You could, and we're certainly not advocating that because I think that uh, WrestleMania, yeah. you know, yeah. is the show, and it, it, you know, every now and again they, they pull out one which um, is very special. And I've just got a little sneaking suspicion we might have one this year. Um, going back to your activity, Steve, uh, you mentioned um, WCPW in there. Um, they have a big show coming up uh, this weekend, um, which I assume you're involved with, sir. I am indeed. Yeah, um, we're doing live um, iPay-per-view on Sunday from Milton Keynes. Um, which, yeah, it's going to be very exciting. Uh, aforementioned Kurt Angle will be there. He'll be facing uh, El Pat- Alberto El Patron, um, which I will probably be refereeing. So I'm quite excited at that because that's potentially Kurt's last wrestling show in, uh, event in the UK. So 
because we all know, you know, he's been inducted into the Hall of Fame. So who knows what's going to happen? Wow. That. Oh, see, this is you see, uh, this is the point, Paul, where I'm so tempted to start trying to grill Steve about stuff, but I know it's not fair because I know he's talking about his mates. So I'm not going to start <laughs> asking you: Is Kurt Angle be on Mania? Is he going to turn up the Monday after Mania? Is he going to wrestle at Summerslam? I'm not going to oh, do that. Cause... Oh, Rob, Rob, seriously, I'm not. I mean, obviously, I'm not going to drop any names into it. But yeah. seriously, the amount of people who are like, "Come on, Steve, should we put a bet on Kurt?" <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I wouldn't. Anything you want to um, bring up in this podcast is entirely on you. I am not uh, in the business of trying to stitch you up in front of your mates, so I'll uh, I'll let it, leave it to your discretion. Um, but in all seriousness, the fact that you know both of those guys—I mean, those are two big stars. I mean, this is you know multiple-time world champions, drawn money, you know, big stars in various different countries, and you are friends with both of them. So that's a, that must be quite a cool moment for you, not as a mark to say, oh, my God, I'm in the ring with these guys. But no. just to say, these are two people I respect. They're friends of mine. I'm getting to work with them in front of a big crowd. That must be a, a nice career goal for you. Yeah, no, definitely. Absolutely. And and what makes it nicer is they, they, they both do bookings through me. So. <laughs> <laughs> we, were sat, we were sat at Manchester at Altrincham and... Um, and obviously, uh, Alberto was on the same card, and Kurt was there. He was he was wrestling Cody Rhodes that night, the the night of the uh, the very famous cartwheel uh, three way cartwheel. <laughs> That's oh. oh my goodness, yeah. Which I seriously, and I'm going to say this now. In my forty plus years of being on this earth, that is the first time in my life I pulled off a cartwheel. Um, never done one before, so that was quite a a big thing for me but yeah we we were literally uh we sat in the uh in the locker room area just chatting and uh and both guys had said we've never wrestled each other we've never wrestled each other so off i went <laughs> to the promoters and i went you know what alberto and kurt have never had a wrestling match together i said not do you think we can book it i said just yep leave it with me i said right you're both available <laughs> yeah right cool right let's get it done <laughs> and there you are Superb. So wrestling booking really does make it really is that simple, some folks. If uh, if you can just get the right set of circumstances, but that sounds like a it sounds like a great show on Sunday. There's there's some real talent from uh, not only from this country but some imports and you know different types and styles. I've I've had a look at the card um, with a little bit of a sales pitch head on. Steve, can you give us a a couple of matches that we could keep our eye out for that are on that card, but also tell people how they can uh, how they can watch it, not just as a plug but as a genuine service because I think it's something worth watching. Um, so, yeah, so off the top of the head now, now I'm thinking, obviously, you've got um, Alberto versus Kurt. Uh, you also have um, Pentagon versus Drago, mm-hmm. which um, obviously two two of the top Mexican stars uh, coming over to, uh, to wrestle in WCPW. Uh, Ricochet will be there um, versus Will Ospreay. Which again will be a really good match. That's a that's a great. I mean, I was I would assume that those two have bumped into each other at various places along the card. But if you haven't seen those any one of those two, you know you should do. But that that seems like a really good mesh of styles. The, the things that those two can do, whether Vader likes it or not, is absolutely outstanding. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, also, you've got um, Johnny Moss and Liam Slater, who are the tag team champions. They're throwing out an open challenge. Um, and now I'm, I'm trying to think of another match. And I, <laughs> oh, no, I'll tell you one that I probably 
whether I, I'd like to referee it because I've refereed um, them before is Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, versus Travis Banks, mm-hmm. which um, got quite heated the last time that them two got in got in the ring together. Um, yeah, um, Zack Sabre's real, real... Um, not evil, but he's getting a bit of a bad streak in him. Do you know what I mean? You know what I mean? He's like, he was always a clean cut, you know, proper wrestler's wrestler. And yeah, he's just been showing a heck of a lot of a, his fuse seems to be getting shorter and shorter. So, but it makes for interesting being in the referee and someone like that. So, I'm yeah. a, I'm a, gone. a couple of matches as well. I'm a huge uh, Zack Sabre Jr. fan. I, the, I first saw him, I'm trying to work out how many years ago it was. I think it was around about 2008 was the first time I saw him live. He'd have been a, uh, still a teenager, I think, at the time, and he clearly had something. He's got better and better and better, and I thought he was the star of the uh, um, of the, the Cruiserweight Classic uh, on the WWE Network. Um, I'm sure there's a big, big future for him. There's one other match that um, jumps out at me on that card, which is um, Drew Galloway and Joe Hendry. Um, Steve, because um, you know Drew is kind of having a renaissance, um, you know, post WWE and, and you know the, the various different shows he's getting to do and to real sh- show his um his makeup but also Joe Hendry is someone I think Kurt's wrestled a couple of times with uh, ICW I think if I'm if I'm right and he's uh, uh, uh no with WCPW he had a match with Joe Hendry right and Kurt faced um Joe Coffey in ICW Kofi that's the one I do beg your pardon that's, he's, he's very good as well but yeah but Joe Hendry and uh, Galloway seems like a, a great matchup yeah, they've 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 met a few times now, and and it's you know, this is sort of the, the last match they had, basically ended. Uh, one referee um, got got knocked out, basically. Another referee came down, and basically when um, Joe went to pin, sorry, when um, Drew went to pin Joe, his shoulders were also to the mat and both referees were there and they both counted to imitate, uh, you know, at the same time. Um, so th- there was a big hoo-ha of who actually was the winner of that match. And the, uh, and the general manager, Martin Kirby has said, right, this is the last time that they will face each other. This is Joe Hendry's last chance at, uh, at the, uh, at the title. So, yeah, so it's all, um, it's all kicking off. And, of course, you've got Jim Ross over who will be uh, on the commentary team. Matt Stryker will be commentating as well. So, it's yeah, it's, it's all exciting. It's all exciting stuff. It really is. Um, you can go to uh, wc.pw slash mk. I'll have a vowel, please, Carol. But you can wc.pw slash mk uh, for details. Also, at whatculturepw uh, on Twitter. And uh, I think it's on the, uh, the Fight TV app. Is that right, Steve? Yes, I believe so. Yep. Yeah. So that's a big show coming up on Sunday. Um, I do want to get a little bit um, back in time, back in the time machine a little bit to um, find out about. Let's have a whistle stop tour through the career of Steve Linsky. Um, you were, what were you? I know, I know you were a wrestler at one point in time. Was that the first thing you did, or did you do a little bit of the sort of uh, young boy ring crew sort of thing first? Uh, yeah, pretty much. And oh, look at, oh, <laughs> sorry, someone's trying to call me. I hope you can't hear this, but it's all right. Um, it's, uh, I'm not going to drop a name. Yeah, oh, go on. We want to know. Drop a name, Steve. Ray Mysterio is trying to call me. <laughs> Get him on. That's the phone, Steve. <laughs> yeah, That's go on. The phone. Put it on. Uh, put it on speaker. <laughs> We're joking. Um, so yeah, no. So yeah, started off 
going to watch wrestling at about nine years old um, in Scunthorpe, where I was born. Um, then we moved to Bridlington. And then every week they would have wrestling on during the summer season. So I would go to that. That was about the age from the age 12, 13. That's when I started helping putting up the rings, um, going in there and, you know, throwing myself about. And then eventually some wrestlers came in and they started throwing me about and, uh, you know, giving my ass a bit of a kick in. So I started off as a wrestler, did that for around about nine, ten years. Um, I had a real bad break in my leg, so stopped doing that. Um, went on 1999 to do UWA television as a an on-air American uh, manager, but also at the same time was doing commentary on the on post shows as myself, as Simon Bridlington. And then, yeah, ended up going to an FWA show down in Portsmouth, the early FWA shows. Uh, there was shorter referee. Alex Shane was there. Basically, can you referee the show? Refereed that one show, and that's pretty much been it now. Referee since. So, yeah, and then obviously everything up until present day. But that's how it started. That's a great, um, it's a great way and a great story. I'm going to ask you a, a question I want you to answer me honestly. Were you any good as a wrestler? Were you any good? I was, no, I was, I, I was the shit. <laughs> <laughs> but I would imagine, though, having been a wrestler first would make you a better ref. Because I mean, some people would have yeah. just, they're not going to be tough enough to be a, um, a wrestler and they can be a ref. That's cool. There's nothing wrong with that. But the idea that you would know what the wrestler would look for. I mean, there is a certain place to be and a certain mannerism to have and the yeah. right time to turn your back so someone can do something nefarious. All of those things. It would help, I would imagine, being the wrestler first. Oh, of course, of course. Um, I'm still. I, I went up to the Al Snow uh, Wrestling Academy on Sunday uh, to see Al and, and the guys. And uh, and after it had finished, uh, one of the students came up to me and it was very, very polite. And he was like, "It's like so, so. Um, what do I have to do to be a referee?" And I said, "Well, learn to wrestle." And he was kind of he was kind of took back of that, and then like when I explained myself, I said, "If you know what a re- yeah, just basically what you've just said, Rob. Do you know what I mean? If you're trained as a wrestler, that can only help you being a referee because obviously you, you know the rules of wrestling and you know what to look out for, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So being trained." And I'll say this to anybody, anybody that comes in and goes, oh, we want to be a referee. We don't want to be a wrestler. I said, well, still go in there. Mm-hmm. Still learn how to, you know, still how learn how to, to take a bump, you know, learn all the basics. And then refereeing should come naturally, should. Not everyone can do it. And there are a lot of people out there that just think, oh, he's a referee. He just stands there and counts to three. I defy anybody to get in there and do what I do and not just myself of referees as well to get in there, you know, on a two, three hour show, because bearing in mind when a wrestler goes on, he has one match. A referee might have three, four, and I've been to shows where they've had one referee and he's refereed seven, eight, nine matches. That's some going. <sighs> yeah. So it's not, you know, I've seen some absolute terrible referees as well, you know, because a referee can make or break a match as well. 
most, know. most definitely. And the, the higher up you're going, of course, the uh, um, the referees in WC and uh, in WWE obviously would have the the earpiece on and are relaying stuff from the back. And I'm sure in, in, not just in WWE but in other you know companies as well. There's a lot to be uh, said yeah. for positioning and time cues and all that kind yeah. of thing. Oh, yeah. um, and I, I've I've heard you know stories, and I'm sure they're true of you know people like Undertaker and Shawn Michaels, you know, requesting to have I think it was Mike Chioda in their um, uh, WrestleMania match. And there's other other examples of certain refs would work with certain stars. I think Timmy White was usually with Andre and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so you know it's a it's a vitally important role. I would imagine you, the idea is that you don't really notice a ref until there's a bad one, in which case suddenly the match is terrible and yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of the ref's fault. Yeah, yeah, oh, all, all too many times, you know, you know, there could something could happen. Like I've, I've been in the ring where a wrestler's injured himself. Do you know what I mean? So I have to relay that, you know, you know, make sure that the other wrestlers aware, etc., etc. You know, or just be there to give advice, you know, or or whatever. So yeah, it's not a, it really isn't a role where you just stand there and like, like. I'm getting ready to count three or I'm, I'm ready to count somebody out or disqualify them if the, you know, breaking the rules, you know, it is, it does go a lot, lot deeper than that, but not many people know that. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, just a referee, <laughs> just the ref. I like, I, I always like it when, um, uh, the referee acts along to things. I think good good referees will react to punches, won't they? And certain yep. moves, and it's all yep. you know, in all the body language. You're not just there, just watching what's happening. Or you can you can sit in the front row and do that. But if well, you're going to, you're yeah, a, you're I'm, a ca- go on. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm I'm exactly of that. You know what I mean? It's like it's it's reacting as well because you know if it looks bad, you know, oh, yeah, it looks you know painful to you, you know, because you could just stand there and go. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, but and people will pick up on that. Fans will pick up on that. They really will, you know. But if the referee's there and he's taking notice and you know, and selling along with, with the wrestlers, you know, that's that's what it's all about, you know. You've got to, you know, suspend people's disbelief, you know. That's it'd be like going to a movie it'd be like going to a movie, you know, and uh, one of the extras walks along and there's a massive explosion and they're just like continue walking. That's such a good. That's such a good metaphor. That is, or well, not even a metaphor. It's a kind of. It's just an, an example. That's a really. Yeah, that it really is because it's. You know, you're trying to be in the. Mo- and I think. I think most wrestling fans. There'll be some that are kind of too cool for school and want to know. Oh, I know better. But I think don't most of us want to live in the moment and want to really believe that Goldberg and Brock Lesnar hate one another at the moment, and you know, kind of really sort of dive into that. Yeah, maybe they do. Um, but, but really dive into that kind of moment. And I, I know even from just I'll tell a rubbish story on my part is that standing up on the stage at, at Walkabout Temple, you know, hosting the Royal Rumble party last week, the week before, you know, we were we were having people come up for their costumes, and up came Sabu holding a chair. Hanging it on the stage, and I, I was deliberately trying to sell it like I was frightened. Now I didn't actually think the guy in the uh, in with the tea towel on his head was going to waffle me with the chair, but I kind of thought I'm on a stage and people are watching it. He's in character. I will try at the very least to look a little bit frightened and back off. Now yeah. I'm not saying I did it well and I was doing it kind of tongue in cheek, but I still kind of subscribe to that kind of thing. And you know, watching watching anyone do something in in a in a little stage environment, I think you kind of want to join in with it. So that that was my little um. Little aside for it. Um, talking about those kind of hosting bits, you, you as, as you put it out, I've done it for, you know, um, I think 19 of our venues, even though we've only run 12. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> but uh, have, you, have you had fun doing them? Because um, you, you're someone that's been with us for, for quite a while, and uh, we, we've known you a long time, so we know you'll get our ethos. Do you have fun with them? Absolutely. Um, I think the first one I did was Leeds. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, and uh, uh, shooters up in Leeds, and I remember, I remember arriving up there, and me and Paul, we had something to eat. Do you remember that, Paul? We sat down, and, and I then do Ethan, indeed. Ethan, Ethan turned up. Um, I mean, that night was real good fun because um, Ethan, who was in, in charge of, of the venue at the time, he was like, OK, right, if you want anything, it's not a problem. He was bringing drinks out. This was like 5 p.m. I think Paul had just literally gone on, on the train to go to go down to London to get to the London party. And it was like, right, OK. And Ethan was like, oh, yeah, what, what do you drink? I was like, oh, Jack and Diet Coke. And like several later, then it started getting towards half seven and the fans were turning up <laughs> and they were coming in and it was just like, so I was at the door making sure someone was there to do the ticket. So I did that. Then we did all the pre-show and, and the quiz. So Leeds was really good fun. A bit, you know, a little bit tipsy, but <laughs> again, um, that was real good fun. Uh, then I th- I'm trying to think. I did one at Manchester. There was a WrestleMania at Manchester. These are the ones that really stick out in my head. So Leeds I really like, and I still do. I would, you know, I wouldn't question it. If Paul turned around and said, can you do Leeds? I'd be like, yeah, I'd be up there in a shot. I love that one. (laughs) Did the Manchester when I took Bob Holly along and um, Harry Smith came along to that and Georgia Smith came uh, to that party. That was a WrestleMania one. That's when we did the first... um, you know, Bob Holly sitting at a, a VIP table, which was well-received. Um, everyone loved that. It was really good. That was a really good WrestleMania as well. Um, I'm trying to think. What was that? Two, that was years 30, ago? 30, I think. I think it was 30. It was when Triple H came out as uh, Terminator, wasn't it? Oh, 31, if that's the case. 31 then. Yeah, uh, I think it was 31. I think it was, I think it was Take a Sting. It was that year, wasn't it? That was the one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sorry, not Take a Sting. Uh, Triple H Sting. Triple H and Sting, yeah. Um, I've done Liverpool um, and Cardiff. Cardiff, I was so happy. I mean, I know that I wasn't able to do the last one because of um, commitments elsewhere. But when I looked at the pictures coming back, because that's one that we've built the last couple of years, and it started off slow, and then somebody else was running another party around the corner and doing it with a wrestling show. So, but the people that had come from the beginning, those people kept coming back to every party and the same people. And then I believe there was quite a few people there. So it was, it was so good to, to look at the pictures and see so many people there. And I'm thinking, Oh, that is awesome. So we started off, you know, and built up and built up. And then there was so many people there that last one. So that, that, that kind of pulls on the older heartstrings. Do you know what I mean? Knowing that you've started something at a venue and then when you're not there, well, hang on a minute. Maybe. No. <laughs> <laughs> no I see where you're coming from. That's a, that's a really nice thing to hear as well. Cause I, I for my part, um, I only ever see the, uh, the London show where, where I'm hosting, but Paul is obviously keeping an eye on all the ones that are going along yeah. uh, all over the country. And, and, I certainly see the same faces or similar faces and, you know, people come in at least once or twice, um, if not all three times during the year when we do shows in London. And I know Paul knows that that happens in, in other events. That 
you know, on a, on a patting ourselves on the back moment, tells us we're doing something right, tells us that WWE are doing something right because there's enough yeah. things that they want to come along and see. But I think it's the environment, I think, that does it. The, the fact that people, um, if they've never been before, and a, a pal of mine came up to, to London, uh, Chris, who'd not been with us before um, for those kind of things, and he helped out with on, on the Hooked On side, did a good job. Um, Chris had never watched wrestling with anyone else other than like one or two mates in a house before so to suddenly watch it with you know nigh on 600 people in a bar in London was quite eye-opening to him I think and he loved it and, and it, it really is kind of intoxicating I think it could be a really bog standard ordinary show and, and it has been before um, but you'll still have fun because you know because wrestling fans will make it fun and will, will create the right kind of atmosphere so I'm glad you've had uh, those experiences elsewhere and um, I'm sure in the uh, the very near future maybe SummerSlam will uh, We'll, uh, whichever one that we're struggling on, we'll, uh, we'll go, we'll, we'll stick Linsky in there as a, yeah. bit of a, as a troubleshooter. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I, think, I, think, that, I think that's Paul's idea, is, is ones that, um, you know, you know uh, he knows I'm going to have 500, 600 at London, that's fine, that's fine, you know, we'll just keep Vikram and me there and, and, and you, Rob, you know what I mean? But, uh, we'll stick Linsky, we'll send him 300 miles. <laughs> <laughs> Take it as a compliment. It's like when yeah. when they stuck Regal in the ring with Goldberg and they needed a match out of him. That's what it's important. You still need to be those people, oh, the, car- yeah. the carpenters. Oh, I, I love it. I, I've said to Paul on numerous occasions, you know what I mean? Mate, if you want to send me to Leeds, if you want me to do one in Scotland, just let me know and, and I'll do it. And and that's a testament to Paul as well. I'm not saying that just because he's there, because I'll, I'll say this to anyone. That is testament to Paul of how dedicated he's been to that since running, you know, like you said, Rob, you know, with four friends in the house mm-hmm. to, to running, you know, five successful venues all around the country doing parties, you know. And we're lifting it to uh, to eight at Mania, aren't we, Paul? Yes, we are, mate. We're going to go for the, the big one. This will be the biggest one we've done so far. And, yeah, just to echo what you guys have already said, you know, Steve's been a big, big part in getting us where we are now because a lot of the stresses for me on the night isn't the venue that I'm at because I know that's taken care of. It's the other ones. Um, and I know whichever venue Steve's at, and this is a compliment, Steve, I, I don't need to talk to you all night. I don't care because I know it's going to be, I know if anything does go awry, you'll sort it. And yeah. uh, that that takes a lot of the pressure off me. So cheers for that, buddy. No, no I appreciate it. You know, I'm, I'm always here. Unless, of course, I'm being... Unless you're at WrestleMania. Orlando. <laughs> 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 I'm always here unless I'm on tour. Um, it's, um, now we're really, I'm looking forward to um, to hearing from you about your experiences over there. We'll um, we'll hopefully get you on in uh, mid-April or so. Steve would be a good time, I think, to uh, find out your um, your experience over there at uh, at WrestleMania. Does that yeah. sound uh, sound a goer? Oh, definitely. I'd, yeah, I think that'd be great. You know, as I say, it's my first time stepping on uh, American soil, so obviously, you know, what better way? you know, to go over there and it's, it's to, uh, to, uh, to WrestleMania. So yeah, no, definitely. You know, you never know. There might be a venue over there, Paul. Do you know what I mean? Pull out a, uh, WrestleMania party somewhere. Well, you know, we've already discussed it, mate. The WrestleMania <laughs> quiz, <laughs> hooked on <laughs> quiz brunch. <laughs> we did it way. We did it in Dallas last year. We did a hooked on quiz brunch in Dallas, uh, downtown sports bar. And to be fair, we had about 40 people turn up, but it was a really good fun time. So if you or Vic, who is also going to WrestleMania, if one of you or both of you is up for putting something like that on, I'm game. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Me, me and Vic will be there. There we go. Hooked on, Hooked on goes international once again, and uh, you never know. By the time it comes to WrestleMania 39 or something like that, maybe you'll be uh, you'll be refereeing the uh, 
the Hooked on Wrestling main event on the on the Saturday night before uh, WrestleMania. <laughs> Actually, I don't think we start, need to start thinking about those kind of things. Um, before we uh, before we let you go, Steve, thank you so much for uh, for coming on. It's been great talking to you. We could uh, we'll get into various other facets of um, what's made uh, you you in the, in other in other podcasts in the future. But um, if people want to follow you, um, get involved in things you're up to. Um, what's your uh, what's your social media? Uh, so I'm on Twitter, which is at Steve Linsky. Um, also on Facebook, um, which, yeah, just look for Steve Linsky. Um, yeah, Instagram, Steve Linsky. <laughs> Detecting a pattern here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, Twitter's the one. I really want to get my Twitter up. Come on, guys. Really want to get my Twitter up. Yeah. There we go. Absolutely worth following Steve's at uh, all sorts of different um, events. And if you are at any of those British wrestling events there on Sunday in Milton Keynes or over in WrestleMania where you can uh, catch some of these ones, um, he'll be the uh, he's the bald guy in the stripy shirt that's probably about five or six stone lighter than the last time you saw him. And I mean, that's a huge compliment because uh, where is Zubas? Yeah, but you're in uh, you're in fantastic shape though, Steve. I'm, uh, it was I was startled the last time I saw you in, in a really good way. So it's uh, good to see you uh, fighting fit and well. well. Thanks for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it, and I really must really must return this call to Rey Mysterio now. Well, when you when you return a call to Rey Mysterio, make sure you ask him if he wants to be our guest. We'll bump anyone for him, <laughs> including <laughs> Rob. Oh, cheers. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks, Steve. Steve Linsky there, the wrestling polymath, as I uh, like to call him. Uh, Paul, that was good fun. I enjoyed having Steve on. Yeah, he's a good guy. Um, probably in terms of the stories he's got to tell, he's got the richest load of experience we've had so far, and, and we just scratched the surface. We could have him on once a month, and we'd never get bored of him. Very true. Um, we said during that chat about dropping names. I stand by that, by the way. This is a name-dropping podcast. If we didn't drop names, there'd be no point. It'd just be a couple of blokes talking. Uh, well, actually, that's what it is. But it's fun to drop names. And dropping names and dropping dimes is what he could be doing with uh, Ray Mysterio right now on that <laughs> But uh, I, it actually put me in mind. Funny enough, I mentioned about going to WrestleMania for uh, WrestleMania 25. Um, I don't think I've told this on the podcast. Anyway, it's not the, not the greatest story in the world, but I, I, I thought it was a fun one. Is that uh, uh, I was at WrestleMania in Houston uh, with uh, Joel Ross, who many people know from uh, JK and Joel and from uh, Hearts Breakfast Show in, uh, in the Northwest and from uh, Hyder in the House and from uh, WrestleCast, hopefully, and WrestleTalk. Um, Joel and I were over at, um, at uh, WrestleMania. I think it was on the Monday night um, before Raw. Um, seemed to recall it was the opening day of baseball season. Um, we were very close mm-hmm. to, I think it's Minute Maid Park, which is where the uh, uh, where the baseball stadium is in, in Houston. I think that's where they had the opening um, uh, press conference of the uh, Super Bowl last week, if, as, as I recall, was at, uh, at, at that stadium. That's, that's right, isn't it? It was in Houston, wasn't it, the Super Bowl? Uh, yes, it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's where they had the uh, the press conference. Anyway, we're in this bar, um, which I escaped, the name of which escapes me at the moment. I want to say it might have been something like the Flying Saucer or something like that. The Flying Saucer. I've been to one of those in Nashville. Oh, of course you have. Yeah, that's yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Great we were, bar. We were in one of those in uh, in Houston, and there was a special offer on because it was the opening day of baseball season, and it was something like two dollars a pint. So um, uh, I don't like to tell too many uh, <laughs> "Look how drunk we got" stories because I'm not that kind of character. But me and Joel had a couple at that at those prices, and we were playing this. Um, Joel hates golf, but we were playing this golf game. It was on a, it was one of those sort of stand-up, like a fruit machine things, but it was, but it was a golf simulator thing where you, you flicked your hand over this ball and it, and it sent this ball off into the, uh, into the sky. So we had a small wager on it, and I think I seem to remember I was just about winning. And uh, as it came to, uh, to right at the end of this game, 
he got a phone call and he had to drop the phone. He had to drop the game and he, he kind of conceded the game to me because he got this phone call. And he went off and had a sat in the corner and had a chat to Chris Moyles for about half an hour. So, <laughs> I, so my story is that at WrestleMania before Raw, I won a golf game against Joel Ross because he went off to talk to Chris Moyles. <laughs> and then every now and again, you sort of go, my life's quite odd. Um, that was some bar though. That flying saucer it had a big, oh, huge, I, I went huge in there bar with, with lots of taps on. It was a, they had an A4, a four-page A4 beer menu with very, very small writing. I went in there with a guy from TNA who was their marketing guy back in the day, Dan Stevenson in Nashville. And their office before they moved out last year was right next door to the flying saucer. And he took me in there. And he said, "Paul, order." Any beer you want. If you've heard of it, it's on this menu. And man, we were in there about four hours and I could not defeat his challenge. <laughs> That's pretty impressive. It was impressive. Good. We should uh, we should move on from uh, from debauched beer drinking tales. I'll tell you another time about uh, me and Joel getting told off for singing the American National Anthem at that roar as well. But um, <laughs> we'll, we'll save that. Um, we haven't really on this, this podcast very much touched on some... Um, some contemporary issues. Um, as we're recording this, it is Wednesday evening, um, and the elimination pay per view is coming up this Sunday. Incredibly fast after um, after Royal Rumble, but they've got to fit in a couple uh, at the moment because of the brand split. So, um, is it? How does it sit with you having this pay per view coming up on Sunday? Is it kind of too quick? Are you able able to take it in? Or because of the nature of the network these days, maybe it just feels like a, a bigger show as opposed to a we call it a pay per view. But there's kind of a, a different meaning of that now. So it's almost like the PPV meaning for Rumble and Mania is up on one level and that these um, Elimination Chamber fast lane sort of shows are on the next level down. It's almost like a Saturday night main event. It, yeah, there's been a definite sea change in how they present these things. Now, I've always been an advocate of having nothing in terms of pay-per-views between Royal Rumble and Mania. I've, with, with a few exceptions in a few years, the only thing that the, the pay-per-view between it whether it's No Way Out or Elimination Chamber or whatever it's been that year, the only purpose it served for me mostly is to dilute the WrestleMania build, to put a block in the way, to leave them less time to actually go from the last pay-per-view to WrestleMania. And I've always hated it. I've always been saying it should just go Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, and have that 10 weeks or whatever it is build as, a, as an unusually long time. That said, since the advent of the network, like you say, like these these are specials now, really, aren't they? Elimination Chamber and uh, sorry, what's what's the raw one? Um, Fast Lane. Fast Lane. Sorry, you mentioned that. Um, they're specials, and yeah, they are like Saturday night's main event. And I think it's more acceptable because you can already see the build to Mania is going on alongside it. Obviously, they've already announced one match for Mania, and they're not letting these get in the way. So. I'm willing to give it the benefit of the doubt and see how it affects things, but we'll see. We'll see. Obviously, the, the, the main thing is the title challenges and the title matches aren't set in stone, whereas being a bit of a purist, I would like that WrestleMania title match to be set in stone the minute that last guy gets thrown out of the Royal Rumble. At least on this occasion, um, it's, uh, you know, we're talking about a show that's very quick afterwards, so there's still... You know, seven weeks or so on this on the SmackDown side, anyway. Um, sort of seven weeks or so until Mania, so there is plenty of time. And it, I think the uh, the way viewing habits have changed and the way that people are these days, I think you can fit more in over a load of two or possibly three hour shows in Raw's case. Whereas in the old days, you had okay, you had a long gap between the Rumble and, and WrestleMania, but actually all you had in between were 
WWE superstars and wrestling challenges and, and one hour of Raw on a Monday. So, uh, and even then, you know, the, the champ wasn't there every week. So I think they can they can squeeze more in. I, I know it's not ideal. I, I know where you're coming from, but um, that's not changing um, anytime soon. So I think we'll uh, we'll make the best of it. In terms of the Elimination Chamber, I, I don't want to call it a one-match show because I do think there is a little nod, which um, we'll go into perhaps another time, maybe next week when we're looking back on the show. And there is a nod to the fact that there are three... Uh, women's matches on the show and mm-hmm. without sounding patronizing it's very easy to sound patronizing for this kind of thing but um they have not just decided oh let's fill it up with some girls what they've done is they've got three actual genuine feuds going on which we noted you know going into the royal rumble when they had the uh, the match there um but they have nikki bella and natalia and alexa and naomi and becky and mickey and they are some day off three genuine standalone feuds which I think they've done a really nice job with. So, again, I, that instinctively sounds patronising. I really don't want it to sound that way. But I think six females that have done a good job with characters, that most of them can wrestle pretty well as well, and they've got a genuine place on the card. I think that's really, really good news. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think it's patronising at all. I think it's just fair to say that the way they've been built, they've got as much right to be on that card as any males match. Um to me, when they were announced, I obviously did think, okay, that's a lot of women's matches in a positive way. But, yeah, there's there's no gimmickry involved. There's no shoehorning. Um, they're three of the better feuds on the program. So makes perfect sense for them to be there. Yeah, and indeed, anything else that's going on, um, Apollo Crews and Callista versus Ziggler, mm, don't really understand what's going on there. Um, Do you know what? I, th- I can see a heel turn there. From from who? Good question. I don't know. From Crews uh, to go and be um, Ziggler's buddy? I could see that. Cruz could do with a bit of a change of scenery, a bit of a change of attitude, be Ziggler's enforcer. I don't want to see heel Callisto. That doesn't work. Uh, <laughs> me, me neither, but I wouldn't rule it out. Mm, that's uh, If it's heel Callisto uh, coming up on Sunday, then it is uh, thanks for coming. Here should be 45Callisto by about July. Because, <laughs> um, it, or you're back in NXT again. Because um, he's good and he's fun. But uh, he, that is just a, a mid-card kid's babyface act, I'm afraid. Um, so that is not working as a heel for me. Um, the uh, other match, Luke Harper and Randy Orton is going to serve a purpose, obviously, because the, uh, the Wyatt family um, story that's going along. Uh, the tag team turmoil thing does nothing for me. It's just a way of getting some uh, tag teams on the show. So you know, that's, a, that's a very, very brief and deliberately brief rundown of the, of the undercard. But... The main event is John Cena versus AJ Styles versus Dean Ambrose versus The Miz versus Baron Corbin versus Bray Wyatt. Now, if we can eliminate, there's no way, is there, Paul, that the champion, the WWE champion, I should point out, um, the, the, the belt with the lineage, there is no way that Baron Corbin or Dean Ambrose are the champ going into Mania, is there? That's no, not a knock on those guys, by the way, but there's not a chance, is there? No, no, not that, not to say that Corbin especially won't be champion at some point this year and won't deserve to be, but no, absolutely no chance at all. And indeed, as good a year as he's had and as good as his lookalike was at the uh, WWE um, Hooked on Wrestling Royal Rumble party at Walkabout Temple, uh, there's no way that uh, The Miz is winning either, is there? Correct. Okay, so we're down to Cena, Styles and Wyatt. There are ways of working out all those stories. Of course, Bray Wyatt wins. There's a Bray Wyatt, Randy Orton thing that's ready in the mix. Um, John Cena can retain, but then that would mean he would probably go against Orton unless they work a way of having Orton go after the Raw champion, whoever that may be, because it could now be Goldberg or it could be Kevin Owens. Um, so it makes you think that it's probably not going to be Cena. Would you agree? I would say not. Um 
it does it the, for a lot of reasons really one being that they've really downplayed this whole 16th title reign over the last couple of weeks um and it just leads you and it just feels like a bit of a a bit of a celebratory couple of weeks before it's going to drop to the real title holder that's going to make up the match at mania and i think i know where you're going with this i think i know who we're looking at as favorite Okay, no, you tell me then. You tell me because I have a reason for who I think's favourite, and I'll t- I'll tell you when we get there. But go on. And it's not this. It's not the Strowman beats someone up and goes in the match uh, idea that I came up with last week. No. Well, if we talk, if we, we often talk about betting and betting on wrestling on this podcast, and if, oh, I haven't seen any betting odds. If and no, the, nor have I. Nor and have I. And we don't mention them on this podcast. We just in will case. not discuss them. We will not. Them. But but if I were a betting man, and I am, and um, I think Bray Wyatt's a mortgage job. Oh, interesting. I'm not saying that's what I like to see, but I think that's the way they're going with the whole Orton Wyatt feud. I think there was, you know, for, for the reason being that the reason Roman Reigns was in at number 30 at the Royal Rumble was to get Randy Orton a babyface pop, and it worked. Clearly, that's the way they want to go with Orton, and the way to do that, split him up with Wyatt with a big win at WrestleMania. Simple as. I would agree with pretty much all of that's kind of bulletproof that theory of yours is kind of bulletproof um if you didn't listen to the show last week if you're uh, you're tuning in this week because uh, uh you're a big linsky fan and you missed the uh, the podcast last week um i came up with the idea that um braun Strowman would be able to replace i think it was, i forget my own theory now but i think he was maybe replacing bray wyatt in the uh, uh right bray wyatt was injured and Strowman was going to replace him in the chamber uh, and that Strowman goes on to face Randy Orton, and Wyatt does it. We do we do a kind of what sides Wyatt on, what sides Harper on, um, sort of thing. Uh, but uh, that I mean I <laughs> I freely admit that's extremely unlikely. It was just me of trying to weigh a book a uh, a strange idea. Um, I don't I can't put any holes in your Wyatt theory, um, other than the fact that I just don't feel that Bray Wyatt versus Randy Orton has enough steam behind it um, as a WWE title match. But they may feel that whatever Undertaker's got going on, whatever. Um, Goldberg and, and Lesnar have got going on and um, whatever they branch Cena off into they may feel they've got enough in those matches um, so that uh, it doesn't really matter uh, if Orton uh, and Wyatt uh, is a little bit lower down um, so I, I, I buy all of that and then I read an interview well actually I didn't I read some excerpts of an interview I don't even remember where I read it I think it was probably on the um, Pro Wrestling Torch website but I read an interview excerpt from I can't say that word very well I'll, I'll say uh, snip, snip, snippets um, tidbit um, from uh, AJ Styles, who, when asked who he really, really wanted to face in WWE, AJ Styles didn't say that he wants to wrestle Samoa Joe one more time. He didn't say that he wants to face Nakamura again on a big stage. He didn't say that he wants uh, more Cena matches. Uh, he didn't say that he wants to work with, oh, I don't know, I'm trying to think of someone now, uh, Kevin Owens. Uh, he didn't say any of those guys. AJ Styles said he really wants to work with Randy Orton. And he said, I think everyone that's a WWE fan would really want to see. AJ Styles versus Randy Orton. And I am not saying, by the way, that AJ was put up to saying that, except I am. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and no, no, I don't mean that exactly, but uh, there's, I, I've always been a fan of Orton's. I, I'm much higher on the uh, Orton appreciation scale than most people probably listening to this. Uh, I think he's underappreciated. I think he's underrated, um, partly because he's not had enough development to his character over the years. Uh, that's what people have said. He's got boring, he's got stale, no development. Well, he's developing now, isn't he? There's a different storyline going on now. So um, I'm an Orton guy. I would love to see Styles versus Orton. I think that will be a tremendous match. I think Orton has got... If you go and watch Orton's WrestleMania matches, um, there's a hell of a good record there 
of Orton having very, very good WrestleMania matches. Not great. I won't say he's had any real greats, but he's had some superb matches at WrestleMania, including a terrific one with um, Rollins. Was the one with Rollins last year? Year, be- uh, year before? Two years. Two yeah, years year ago. Because, yeah, because Rollins lost. He and Rollins were both injured last year. Of course they were. And Rollins lost, didn't he, that one, and then came in later on with the money. Right. So it was two years ago. That was a fabulous match with an incredible finish. Um, uh, Orton versus Punk a few years ago was really sound. There's been loads of great Orton matches, all going all the way back to his match with Taker. Um, so Orton versus Styles will be excellent. It might not be the one that you're absolutely frothing at the mouth to watch, but it will be an excellent match. I like the dynamic as well. I like if you can start to sneak AJ into a babyface role because I was a bit disappointed by AJ being a bit sort of moany to Daniel Bryan on SmackDowns, you know, straight after the Rumble. Because later on in the night, Cena basically endorsed AJ and said whatever I said about him being just a guy from Atlanta. Um, well, no, he's not. He's the real deal. And it just felt to me like there was a little bit of appreciation creeping in there. Now, they've got to keep some animosity between him and Cena because, you know, they've got a pay-per-view match where they're in, in opposite corners. But I can just see AJ Styles winning this one, Cena endorsing him again, he goes down to those two and, you know, and Cena, you know, um, can't quite do it. And AJ gets the win cleanly. And then, then you get Cena giving the endorsement to AJ and you can go with AJ Styles as the baby face. Because that's what people want to do anyway. They want to cheer the guy. And then you've got Orton. And so the people that are booing Styles would probably cheer Orton and vice versa. So you can have that little bit of a, you know, doesn't have to be a clear you know, line drawn between babyface and heel between those two. But then you have got the Wyatt factor in the background. You know, how are the Wyatt's going to affect AJ? Um, you could even bring the club into it if you wanted to on the night as a bit of a, as an off, offset. I know they're on a different brand, but you can still do it at Mania. I, I like the dynamic. So um, just because there is the, um, the Bray Wyatt, Randy Orton storyline going on, to me does not mean you can't switch the styles and Orton and then do the Orton, uh, Wyatt breakup. You could even do it as quick as the night after WrestleMania, or actually two nights after, because the SmackDown would be on the Tuesday. But I like that as a booking idea. It's come into my mind as as soon as I read the AJ interview, where I just thought, I don't believe AJ Styles really, 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 really wants that match about all other things. I bet he'd love to have a match with Orton because he knows it's money, he knows it'd be good. But I'm certain AJ would would say someone else. And here's the thing. I have history with this. I interviewed AJ Styles many, many, many years ago when he was in uh, in TNA. I think he was the champ. And I said to him, who's the person you want to wrestle next? Who would you have a title match with? And he said, Doug Williams. Now, he might have, <laughs> he might have known that he was talking to um, a British um, reporter. But I think more than that, AJ Styles knew just how really, really, really good Doug Williams was. And I think he thought if he had a real series of great matches with Doug on the, on a big scale that you know Doug might get more appreciated than he than he ever was in the states because uh, he really wasn't appreciated for how good he was in TNA. Um, and so AJ didn't just do the the standard line of yeah, this is who I you know this is the obvious one. He said Doug, and I get the feeling that AJ would have been the kind of person to have said someone that's looking to break out of the mid card in WWE or even is in NXT and not just say Randy Orton. So. Mm. That's what I'm going with. I feel like that's a long-winded way of saying I'm reading into one line in an interview, and I don't even know who the interview is <laughs> with. But it's the kind of thing that gets fed out there so people can start to think, oh, I quite like that idea, before they get to see it. Well, with a short response to a long point, I would hope you're right rather than me. 
Well, okay, that's good. And the reason it's a long point, by the way, is that sometimes I like to get these things off my chest. I love having guests on, but sometimes, by glory, I like to do the talking. Absolutely so right. I, I am making no apologies for that. Um, but I also like to hear your uh, your point of view too. Um, uh, I don't think that um, I might be wrong, but I don't think you've had a chance to watch Raw in full this week. Um, but um, I think you know what the uh, what what was going on. Um, yes. Do you have any any thoughts about some developments on Raw this week? Bear in, this is a you know I don't do this very often, but Spoiler alert, if you haven't already watched Raw by the time you've listened to this, which is coming out on a Thursday, then more for you for listening to a wrestling podcast and not realising that we're going to talk about contemporary issues. So, uh, yeah. Raw, Raw Monday, Paul? Um, well, obviously the big talking point is Samoa Joe and his in-ring debut against Roman Reigns. It's really all up in the air, though, isn't it? Obviously the plan was to have him against Seth Rollins at Fastlane, um, and then Rollins goes on to face Triple H at Mania. Now with the injury, that's a little bit up in the air. Where are they going to go with Joe? Um it's a good start, you know, putting him in against Roman Reigns, um, putting him in there with, you know, the main event level, making him look dominant, giving him such a cool nickname in the Destroyer. Um, I think it all bodes well for where Joe's going on the roster. Where he's going with the immediate future, I have not got a Scooby. Um, I, you would imagine he's going to get a, an opponent at Fastlane, but I wouldn't hazard a guess who it might be yet. Um, Reigns is going to be obviously otherwise engaged with Braun Strowman. Um, who's the next obvious babyface for him to go up against? I'll tell you who. Go for it. Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn. Mm. Sami Zayn is beatable. You can, and what I mean by that is not that Joe, um, you know, is able to win. I mean that Sami Zayn is a sympathetic enough character that actually that character needs to lose from time to time. Some wrestlers need to be winning all the while. I would argue Cena is one of those. Um, but some need to be losing. Daniel Bryan needed to lose every now and again. Rey Mysterio needed to lose every now and again. Not just because of their size, but sometimes because their character is about fighting back. Bailey absolutely needs to lose every now and again because sometimes you identify with these people that, you know, have had some hardships and come back and win something. The extreme example in sport is um, Leicester winning the Premier League last year. And, mm-hmm. you know, Leicester are back to where... Um, um, if you were booking Leicester, you wouldn't have them booked to go right down to be relegated again. But you'd put them back into the, the top six or seven and you've made them by having their title win. But they do not be needed to be winning all the time. And I think Zayn is in that category. I don't see Zayn as ever being, you know, a, a world champ for six months. If he ever gets it, it'll be a short-term transition thing. Sami Zayn is Christian. I think he looks a bit like him. I think he's got a similar sort of build. I think he's got the same sort of, um, you know, connection with the quote-unquote smarter fans. But I think Zayn is a, a much better babyface, much more natural babyface. I think you can do uh, Zayn being kind of in with Mick Foley a little bit because there's a the, the storyline really is between Foley and Steph. Um, I put an extra C in the word there, but it's Foley and Steph um, is kind of the storyline, and I wonder. Um, maybe not even at Fastlane, but maybe at Mania, there's a little bit of a um, Joe is Steph's guy. Foley needs to pick a guy, and you know maybe it's as soon as as Fastlane. Maybe it's a Mania thing. You know, like the you know the Vince and, and Donald Trump thing. They, they each pick a guy. Um, Possibly. So I could see that being how you work Joe into WrestleMania. Well, as, I could straight away mate sorry to interrupt a little bit there but i can i can see your line of thinking there and let's go with zane for fast lane yeah then the very obvious thing that happens there is joe annihilates him yep. steph comes out with a challenge or foley comes out with a challenge maybe the next night on raw and foley's representative duh, 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 finn, finn balor yeah i think we were on the same same wavelength there if finn's fit 
which um, there seems to be some suggestions, some suggestions that he may be. Um, yeah, I think that's, that would be a good way of doing it. Um, I, I, li- I like the Joe Zane dynamic. I think they'll be... Um, did they work in NXT? No, they didn't. I, yeah. Not not to a degree, anyway. I remember that when um, Owens came and came in and destroyed Zayn and took the title, Joe, Joe kind in. of stood up for him, didn't he? Joe kind of came in and, and took down Owens. Don't think they ever tangled there I mean, it specifically. It really doesn't matter if they didn't. I think what you can do is just have... You, Joe needs wins, uh, and he needs dominant wins. He doesn't need to be wrestling people like Roman Reigns, although good good way to start, because it, it immediately says to people... Look, Joe can live with someone like Reigns. To, to, to forget the cynics, as far as most casual fans are concerned, Roman Reigns is the main eventer. He's a top guy, and by having Joe go toe to toe with him straight away, that tells you Joe's a top guy. So forget who won, forget the angles. Not important. It's all about positioning. Wins and losses are generally irrelevant. I wish they would pay more attention to it from a storyline perspective, but generally they're irrelevant. It's all about positioning, and they've positioned Joe wonderfully in his first two weeks. They really have. Agreed. Um, so what you now do is have him be dominant. You need him to batter someone and tap them out. So I would advocate a couple of raw matches, um, and I, I, literally against your. I, they're probably not even on the right brand, are they? But a, a, a Tyler Breeze or a, um, you know, a, a Zack Ryder or you know, so a, a real someone that you know. What, what they used to call the jobber to the stars, you know, the, the kind of um, yeah, the, the Aldo Montoyas of the world. You know, a couple of those tap them out quite quickly. Um, and make him look dominant, get some moves in, because they should do this like the old days. Like You need to establish moves. What does Joe do? We all know from watching TNA and NXT, but not everyone that watches Raw is familiar with Samoa Joe. So they've done a really good job of introducing him in weeks one and two. Weeks three, four, five, get over the muscle buster, get over the rear naked choke, um, You know whatever moves that you want to get Joe in with his suplexes, with his urinagis, get Joe over You know with his, um, his nasty you know, dominating persona that he taps people out. They won't call him the Samoan submission machine, obviously, but I, I too, like you, like the destroyer. I actually quite, I, I would have called him the muscle because he's kind of, he's kind of, he's Triple H is heavy and he's the, he is the muscle, but he's also got the muscle buster as a finisher. I kind of like the idea of calling him the muscle. But never, never, yeah, I, that I, works. I'm not on the, I'm not on creative. Um, so the destroyer is great. And then, then Zane steps up Sammy steps up and gives him a competitive match but ultimately it's decisive and I think you probably have Joe you know keep the submission on for a minute or so afterwards he has to get pulled off and just looks like a genuine nasty piece of work and as you say then to have Foley go okay here's my guy for mania I, I love that story um, and, I, and I don't think that one's far-fetched I think often we come up with something you go that sounds fun but they ain't never going to do it I actually listen. I look at that. I listen to that. I'm the one talking. But um, <laughs> I don't listen to other people. Why should I listen to myself? But um, no, I think it's. I think it's plausible. I think it's doable. I think it gets some good people into some good positions. Um, I see no downfall. Yep, I'm with you there, mate. Fully agreed. Wonderful. Um, what do you think about the fact that they have announced Strowman and Reigns for Fastlane? Um, I, I like it. I think it was inevitable. Um, I think it makes sense based on obviously what happened at the Royal Rumble. It's a good spot for Strowman to be in. Um, and it can go one or two ways. Um, I, depending on where, and let's not go into it now, but depending on where you see Reigns at Mania, he either needs a win um, or he needs an out. He needs a reason to have that match at Mania. Um, Strowman absolutely needs to still look strong. I, again, no comment on what they're doing with him at Mania, but he's on an upward trajectory. Um, he needs to look like a dominant monster. There's no 
good things can come from him taking a beating by Roman Reigns now. Um, if he is going to be the giant to be slayed, it's too early to do it. Um, so hopefully, whatever the ending, whatever the finish, it's one that can keep both guys strong. Maybe just the good old-fashioned double DQ because they just beat the living crap out of each other. Um, referee loses control and the match gets thrown out. Or, dong. Well, uh, yeah, that's the one I was thinking, but again, I didn't want to lead down that path just yet. Maybe we'll set up for next week, but yeah, there's going to, you know, there the needs to be a ra- another reason why Reigns and Taker hook up at Mania and that could easily be that reason. Well, Undertaker is someone that is obviously part, just so carefully placed alongside WrestleMania. When you think WrestleMania, you think Undertaker. And I've got a little WrestleMania challenge for you that I'm going to set to you in just, uh, just a minute or two. So uh, get prepared because I've got a little challenge for you. Just just very quickly though, it's a literally uh, uh, a 90 second job. Um, okay. Goldberg and, and Owens. Um, I didn't see that coming. Um, does that mean they're putting the title on Goldberg for the publicity. Goldberg's uh, a more well-known uh, mainstream guy. He can go on some talk shows, hold the belt. They can promote the, the match with the UFC guy. It's a much more mainstream-friendly image. Goldberg with the belt, challenged by Lesnar. Um, they can put on last then. Um, is that what they're doing? Or is this another elaborate way of having Owens you know, win, against a, uh, win in a dubious manner against a big guy with a little bit of help from probably first Jericho and then Lesnar? Uh, although that doesn't make any sense, actually. Lesnar wouldn't cost Goldberg, would he? Because I th- why would no, he him and then have the not. chance to win? So, absolutely um, not. No, this this very much feels like the right time to end the Owens title reign, um, and probably in a dominant fashion. So, you, like you say, you move on to Goldberg Lesnar for the belt at Mania. Not necessarily my choice, but I can see why they do it. That gives them that rub of having Goldberg carry the belt in like in all the media appearances, like you said, which will be numerous. And obviously, having Goldberg as a champion is going to pique a lot of interest for frankly, guys our age that got out of this 10 years ago where we stayed around, you know, you can, you've got friends and I've got friends where if we say, hey, hey, Goldberg's defending the world title going into WrestleMania, they'd be like, really? Okay, I'm in. Um, and, they'd be, and, and that would get them to watch Mania alone. Um, at the same time, Owens, I remember Patrick last week really raving about his title reign. I must say I've been slightly underwhelmed, love the guy, love his work, not been a big fan of the title reign so i won't be too sad to see it go um and he's gonna blame jericho for the loss i the best thing that could happen is if he gets absolutely smashed to pieces by goldberg clean as a whistle in just a few minutes but then he turns his attention on jericho completely completely unfairly blames jericho for the loss um, and attacks him either fast lane or on raw. And then there's your path into babyface Chris Jericho against heel Kevin Owens. I would go different with that. Uh, depends on what their long term view. I agree with everything up and up to the point of him beating up Jericho, basically. Um, uh, Jericho is pretty much stipulated that he's leaving in May. I think, I think we know may um, for another stint away. Um, you, you need to have Owens, you know, one way or another, um, established as a, a nasty piece of work, or he could be. I still think they could they could do the babyface thing with Owens. I still think there's a there's a sort of Austin quality of Owens of him just doing what he wants when he wants and getting over that way. People are going to cheer him anyway. Yeah, um, agreed. I might have Jericho be the nasty one, but um, I think what they'll do is uh, Owens loses at Mania at um, Fastlane and then turns to Chris and says, "Right, uh, so it's me and you for your belt. Then we can still main event. We're still the main event. It's still KO Mania." Um, we're still the main event, it's just for the US title, and Jericho goes, no mate, 
And then so you have Owens you know, wanting that because Jericho was basically assuming that he was going to get a title shot. And now Owens will do the same thing and we'll have two or three weeks of comedy based off of, you know, will they do that match? And in the end, um, you know, Foley against Jericho's will, you know, puts Jericho in that spot. So Jericho becomes the cowardly heel. And then Owens beats him and has a celebration about getting the US title. And then, as soon as we're done with the uh, the mania, I'd have Owens say, right, US title, open challenge, back on. And that's how I'd re-establish Kevin Owens, is have him on Raw every week, doing what Cena did. And he can take the piss out of Cena for having done it. I can do it better than John Cena ever could. And you could stick with that kind of in-betweeny, I don't like that phrase, tweener, but that sort of in-between um, character for Owens, and just having great matches. And you can go back to that. I, I thought it was such a great staple of Raw that you knew at least one match every week on Raw was going to be a bit of a doozy. When you know someone came out, whether that was Zayn or Cesaro or Owens or whomever that was going to come out and wrestle Cena, you know, well, you know that Owens can help hold that end of the bargain. So sure. that's what I would do. Yeah, I think that sounds like a cracking idea too. I, I, like, I like both yours and my idea. They work differently. But both ultimately accomplish the same thing. They do. Remember about eight minutes ago when I said that would be 90 seconds? Yeah, I lied. Um, <laughs> right, here's your challenge. Because you Go said on. something to me. I don't know if you even realise you said this, but you said something to me. We were on the phone the other day. We talk off-air, listeners, by the way. This is not the only time me and Paul speak. Um, we spoke on the phone the other day, and you very flippantly said, hmm, I feel like I ought to watch all the WrestleManias between... <laughs> between now and Wrestlemania I am saying my friend we are what, 8 weeks away from Wrestlemania seven, uh, so, uh, yeah 7 weeks I think 7, seven, weeks. seven, seven and a half weeks yep. there, there yep. are 32 Wrestlemanias now my maths ain't what it used to be but I'd, oh, that's, that's 5 a week that is quite a lot but <laughs> I reckon and I know, you're, I know you've got a lovely wife and child um, and, so there's, and, and a job and everything but I reckon even if at the very least you do some of them on a little bit of a, a flip-through job, I think you should watch every WrestleMania between now and WrestleMania 33. <laughs> your, you've, got, you've got the network and you can do it. I'm so, Here's another thing. Am I going to drop you in it with your little fact about early WrestleManias? Am I allowed to drop you in it? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Right. I deserve it. Paul let slip to me that he's never seen WrestleManias 1 and 2. It's 1 and 2, right? One and two. Shameful. He's never seen WrestleMania's one and two. I think he's seen bits, but he's not seen them properly. Sat down, watched them. Um, mate, they're not the easiest, by the way. Um, no. But I don't think they're as long either. I, don't, I think you can. I think some of the early ones are a little bit uh, shorter. So if if you do have a Sunday to yourself, maybe there's a certain reason why. If you know someone's got Samuel babysitting and, and Sal's at work or some such thing, and you've got a spare five or six hours. Then you can knock out two or three manias in one sitting. Go on, you go right the way through. You can flick through some of the entrances and you can flick through some of the promotional bits and stuff. Oh, you can watch a three-hour mania in an hour and 45 minutes. Get through those. It's really worth you watching to, um, uh, to understand. So what I want to do is I want to throw out a little challenge to you, but also to some of our listeners. So I'll make it easy to start with, but I think the first three manias, I want you to have seen the first three manias, at least the bulk of, by the time... We get to this podcast next week, and we're going to have a little chat about the first three WrestleManias. If you want to join in with Paul's challenge at home of watching everything, and even if you want to watch it on Skip Forward, watch the first three WrestleManias between now and next week, and then we'll try and make it about four or so, four or five every week, and we'll try and fizz through. We can watch them on Fast Forward. You can watch them however you wish, but we will chat a little bit about those little sections of WrestleManias as we go forward, not to do in-depth old-school reviews, match by match, no, boring. But what we're going to do, here's my idea. We're going to call it the WrestleMania Mixtape. You're allowed to take one match 
on a few occasions, possibly, we won't be too rigid, but we'll, on some occasions we'll allow two. I'm going to say, for example, we'll jump in ahead to WrestleMania 3. The very fair chance we might say, let's say, Savage and Steamboat and Hogan and Andre. But we'll try and keep it to one if we can. But I want to do one match per WrestleMania that go on to the WrestleMania mixtape. It's like a time capsule. So we are going to be educating people. So if you've never watched wrestling before or you're new to it, here is the WrestleMania mixtape to help you understand wrestling. Now, it doesn't have to be a title match. It doesn't have to be the best match on the card. For example, jumping ahead again, I'd say that from WrestleMania 7, I would probably take Undertaker versus Snooker because you need to explain where Undertaker comes from in the, in the origin. What do you say, Paul? Well, how do you like the challenge? Get some manias watched. We'll talk about it week by week. The listeners can join in, send in their ideas for what they put on the mixtape. What do you think? Well, all I can say, mate, is that me and Darren Young now have something in common. Mr. No Days Off. <laughs> Uh, yeah, mate, I, was I love But Bob Backlund is harassing you too. <laughs> uh, love the idea, mate. Um, I'll do my level best. I think it's a it's a cracker. It's something I really did want to do, and now you've put it out there in public. I pretty much have to do it. So cheers for that. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I do love the idea of having this mixtape. So, you know, if I get your idea correctly, I'm trying to look at the the, the 32 manias as a whole and try and not pick out the best match from each mania or even necessarily the most important match from each mania, but trying to create a snapshot of WrestleMania throughout the ages by the matches I pick as I go along. Is that fair to say? I think that's the idea. That's what's in my mind. If you just, excuse me a second, I just need to compose a letter. Uh, where are we? Uh, dear Mrs. Benson, comma, <laughs> new line. Uh, thank you for your letter. Uh, yes, I did challenge Paul to this, and I apologise for any inconvenience <laughs> caused. Uh, please do not call the lawyers in. Um, yeah, that should probably cover it because at some point I'm going to get that uh, that that message, aren't I? From there. Just stay stay away from uh, Benson Towers until after WrestleMania, after SummerSlam, probably. Actually, let's yeah, be, it, yeah, let's let, be fair. Let, let, let's, <laughs> let's call it forever. Just makes it easier. <laughs> <laughs> no, so there's your challenge. There's the challenge for everyone at home as well. Um, you can join in with that one. Uh, so next time uh, when we speak uh, next week, and uh, we hope to have um, uh, Rob Lee on the show next week, uh, formerly of the uh, Gorilla Position and the uh, Daily Mirror. Uh, used to employ me at one point. What, what about that? What a, what a fool he was. Um, but uh, Rob's a great guy. Um, he's a very well-spoken uh, and knowledgeable about uh, all sorts of wrestling so i'm very happy that we're uh, having him lined up for next week he is the provisional booking uh, and that will be excellent and so i'm going to set him that little challenge as well so he knows to uh, to join in at the very least for the uh, the first week and we'll have a chat about some some early manias and if you want to send in your uh, you can send us a general observation on um, those manias if you wish or you can send us a, a match choice from each one um, and, and tell us why um, we'd love to hear from you uh, regarding that and uh, you can start to plan your Wrestlemania viewing from now uh, until the big show which is at the start of April um, that's pretty much all the time we have for you uh, this week on the Hooked On podcast um, Paul very quickly because I think we decided earlier on we were going to make this into a, uh, a plug light show but um, we ought to mention that uh, we are running uh, eight Wrestlemania um hooked on wrestling events uh, we mentioned it earlier on when we were talking to steve um but very briefly uh what can people expect from the how parties uh, and where can they get the tickets and what venues are we running at this time okay mate just to, just very quickly because like you say we want to try and not pepper people with these every week but essentially for those who haven't been to a how party before 
We um, are the biggest pay-per-view uh, viewing parties in the UK. Um, we run events this time around. We're doing eight. We're doing uh, London and Brighton at the walkabouts in those cities. And then all and shooter sports bars in Leeds, Liverpool, Manchester, Cardiff, Birmingham, and the soon-to-open shooters in Nottingham. Um, so that's eight events altogether. It's the biggest range of parties we've done yet. Um those that have been to our events will 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 know what the drill is generally. So we 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 make sure it's not just about coming and sitting in a bar and watching the pay per view that starts at midnight or one a.m. or whatever it might be. Um, we try and make sure you have a good time aside from that. So we have our famous hooked on wrestling pub quiz, uh, which is obviously all wrestling themed in the run up. We have um, the hooked on costume contest um, where we encourage you guys to dress as your favourite wrestlers, past and present. This time out, we're going with the theme of WrestleMania here. Heroes. Um, you don't have to stick to the theme. You don't even have to dress up if you don't want to, but that's what we're looking at. Um, prizes for that this time um, are to be announced soon, but I think you're going to get a kick out of them. It's not just tickets to our next events. We've got some um, great prizes to offer, actually, that we'll be able to finalise in the next couple of weeks. We also have wrestling themes played throughout the night. Um, we'll have some action on the big screen as well prior to the event. Um, could be classic matches, could be a bit of the pre-show. Um, but most importantly, it's the atmosphere. You know, if you've only ever watched wrestling with on your own in your bedroom or maybe with a group of a couple of people, you have seen nothing until you've watched uh, WrestleMania with four or five or 600 people in a bar at four in the morning with a couple of beers and a big basket of chicken wings. Mm-hmm. It is It changes your wrestling viewing habits forever. And that's, I know that's a bit hyperbolic, but we've been told that by numerous people. Like since the Royal Rumble party, the amount of comments I've seen saying it was the best wrestling night I've ever had. Um, you know, testament to how much fun these things are and that's all down to you guys who come and join us so you can um you can get your tickets from numerous different sources the best one and the most reliable is going to ringsideworld.co.uk searching for hooked on and you can get all those tickets from there um you can also go to wegottickets.com and purchase from there or if it's one of the shooters venues you can call them direct on 0845 5333 um in all the bars you can also reserve tables um, by calling the bar direct. Quick word of warning: as we record this on the Wednesday night, was it the seventh today, Rob? Uh, um, the eighth, there, please. The eighth. Sorry, Wednesday the eighth. There are only four tables left. At shoot uh, walkabout in London. Um, in just over a week, they've sold. They've reserved over thirty tables. We've sold one hundred and thirty tickets, um, which is phenomenal. So, if you do want a table for the London party, you have hours or days in which to get those reserved hyperbolic 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 i'm just wrestling with that as a, as a word i think i think it's right i think it's i think uh, so yeah I think so. It's, a, it's a load of hyperbolics to me anyway <laughs> uh, look at this plugging malarkey it's getting a bit smoother you're all right actually mate sometimes you can't even tell you're reading it um <laughs> no seriously um do get your tickets in advance, folks. Um, it, uh, uh, it helps you out as much as us um, because we like to know there's uh, plenty coming so we can uh, up the stakes a little bit for um, certain things that we're doing. Um, and we have got some very cool surprises. Um, that, well, are they surprises once we've announced them? No. But there were some very cool announcements that we're going to be making between now and WrestleMania as pertain to hosting venues, as pertain to uh, things that are going on in certain venues, as, uh, as pertains to the prizes that are on offer. Um, so... Um, here's a piece of um, 
uh, WWE style plugging that you're, uh, you'll, you've, you've heard from them over the years. Um, maybe even a bit of Tony Schiavone in there, um, who apparently I look like, according to Chris Jericho and Demolition Smash. Um, <laughs> but two different people. Is it Axel Smash? Which one's Barry Darso? He's smashed, isn't he? Smash. Yeah, he said, I, he looked, I, everyone ever told you you look like Tony Schiavone? I'm like, yes, they have. Jericho, as it goes. Um, but uh, he, was, he was inclined to say it's the greatest night in the history of our sport. Well, this is the biggest Hooked on Wrestling pay-per-view ever. Um, we've done plenty of them now over the last five, four or five years. Um, but this is, without a shadow of a doubt, the biggest one. Um, we know we're going to get our biggest houses. Uh, we're doing more venues than we've ever done. We're putting more things on. Um, we know this is the big one, folks. Um, so we're going for it, and we want you to join us. Um, because me and Paul, um, we talk pretty much every day anyway. We're good mates. But we are talking two or three times a day at the moment um, about various different Hooked on Wrestling things uh, pertaining to pay-per-view parties. And, oh, here we go, about some other things as well. So um, that's way down the, li- well down the line and in the pipeline. Um, but we want to uh, make this a going concern that's around for many years and uh, is a lot of fun for all of you. So uh, stick with us, folks. Those of you that are listening to this now, uh, you're in at the, on the ground floor. We might only been going for a, a couple of years, but um, uh, we've got big things in store, haven't we, Paul? Indeed we have, mate. Watch this space. That's a good, succinct way of putting it. And I could learn a lot from you in terms of being <laughs> succinct. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, once again, we will be back next week with Rob Lee, formerly of The Mirror. Uh, and just uh, it remains for us to thank Steve Linsky for being a really excellent guest. We will definitely get him on uh, after WrestleMania to find out about his experiences. Until next week, and enjoy Elimination Chamber on Sunday. We'll chat about that next week as well. But until then, remember, this is the Hooked On Podcast. This is Rob McNichol and Paul Benson. And this is... Hooked on Wrestling, saying it's wrestling, enjoy it!